Hello, everybody. Welcome to another prestige film by Bald Move. Today, we're talking about the 2008 uh, Tom Cruise vehicle, um, historical, I guess it's not historical fiction, historical. No, best I can tell. Dramatization. Valkyrie. I talked about Valkyrie, right? Um, this was directed by disgraced director Brian Singer, uh, who made one of my least favorite films that is an unpopular opinion, Unusual Suspects. He also liked, uh, made some films I did like, X-Men and Bohemian Rhapsody. Problem is, uh, can't keep his hands off young boys. Um, he's been credibly accused of sexually assaulting minors as young as 14. All right. Uh, it was written by Christopher McQuarrie, who got to his start writing The Usual Suspects. Is also uh, where he started working with Singer. But uh, he uh, has also a director in his own right. He's directed uh, The Way of the Gun was his first. He's also had a long and fruitful collaboration with Mr. Cruz, directing and writing all the Jack Reacher films, uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Fallout, uh, and the upcoming Mission Impossible 7. Um, he also was on the writing team for Edge of Tomorrow, The Mummy, and Top Gun Maverick, which, goddamn, will it ever come out? I don't know. <laughs> will Mission Impossible, the untitled Mission Impossible 7, beat Maverick to the, to the theaters. I, I don't know. It stars Tom Cruise. We know Tom Cruise. We've seen Tom Cruise in a lot of things. It also stars Kenneth Branagh, who you might have seen in Harry Potter. He's playing Hercule Perrault in a lot of the Agatha Christie adaptations going around. Just came out Death in the Nile. He's also just done so much Shakespearean shit. So many movie adaptations. Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing, Othello, Hamlet, Love's Labor Lost, just to name a few. Also stars Bill Nye. I love Bill Nye. He's in Love Actually, Shaun of the Dead, many, many other things. Uh, Terrence Stamp. I love Terrence Stamp. He's General Zod in Superman 2. He's Chancellor Valorum, which we don't have any confidence in. Uh, Tom Wilkinson, who plays uh, one of the gangsters in Batman Begins. He's, I think, the doctor in the Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Uh, and uh, Caris Van Houten, who you might know as the Sinister... Uh, uh, Red Lady uh, Melisandre from Game of Thrones and Bernard Hill who is famous for being the captain of the Titanic and King Theoden from Lord of the Rings and just tons of others I had to cut it off because there's so many famous British people that you've seen from so many famous British things this has a huge cast and it's a lot of fun to go and watch them Um, I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. I was pretty excited because I was a bit of a singer fan after X-Men and all that. Um, And I was a Tom Cruise fan and I've always kind of been a bit of an anti-fascist. Jim, what? uh, and and I liked it, but I remember just kind of liking it. Well, what did you think of the film? Um, So I didn't see it in theaters, but I definitely saw it close to when it came out because it's been a long time. Um, And so this is my second watch and I felt like I understood more of what was going on the second time uh that first time it it, i i felt like i had a tenuous grasp on the plot i was probably not as sophisticated of a viewer as i am now and the second time through i really felt like they did a good job and had my younger self been paying attention and maybe not scrolling uh his phone or something (laughs) while background watching this i probably would have gotten it because the way they roll out what is a fairly complex political plot here uh, and and uh, the the mechanisms of this coup in motion are, are fairly intricate they just kind of tell the story in a way that you can understand it uh, and that was what I was most impressed by in this movie did you do any looking into the historicity of this film because that's apparently the, the, it's uh, like other thing as best I can tell 100% according to how it went down, you know, as, as close as you can get with an event that old, right? Yeah. There's a couple of liberties. Um, I don't want to say too many of them, but the, in general, I, what I heard and, and cause I did a lot, I thought this was fascinating stuff. And I, I, I read a lot. Um, they oversold how close to success that they got on the plot. Gotcha. Like in the movie, it really feels like, man, if they had another five or 10 minutes or another bit of a if head Bill start, Nye didn't it, hesitate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which there's a little bit of character, maybe assassination of some of these guys, too. And the other Could thing be. is like the motives. And maybe that's something that like. Well, that's interesting. I, yeah. They, they don't touch on it too much in the movie. Like they show you the motives of a few people, but they leave it pretty blank on like everybody else. Right. right? Like Tom Cruise's Stauffenberg's motive. You understand intimately. Um, right. And a couple of other people. But yeah, they 
when I was reading about this, I'm like, okay, it was just a collection of a bunch of people who wanted the same thing for different reasons. Right. And there's also like, uh, there's this fascinating thing. Is like if these guys had succeeded, what would it have meant for Germany? Because there was so many competing visions for, right. and so many compete, like everyone agreed Hitler's got to go, but not everyone for the, for the right reasons. And I thought that's, cause that's the thing that a little annoyed me when I was reading, um, is the fact that like a lot of times when you have these, historical movies where you're talking about people doing things for big causes is like they, 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 the characterizations of all the protagonists are essentially, you know, they come across like modern liberals, right? Sure. Like, 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 like Tom Cruise is a, is a, is a West wing style Democrat uh, that was born into Nazi Germany. turns out, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And that's not the case. And I think like the movie would be better if it had like more of that tension. Like none of these guys like getting rid Mm -hmm. of Hitler is good. Um, whether it's because you think that he's besmirching the glory of Germany or you think because uh, some of them did genuinely believe that the treatment of Jews and the Holocaust was horrific. Uh, the treatment of um, civilians and the unrestricted war was was problematic to others. But like I, I wish because that's this film is not long. I wish there wasn't a five or 10 minute scene of maybe recruiting Tom where they could gotten into that or shown because like the alliance the the alliance they all seem like they're on the same team as whether they had the nerve or not yeah um to like be brave enough to defy hitler before hitler is dead you know um and reality i think it was a lot more of like competing visions and goals and things like that that threatened to break the alliance and that could have been interesting um and they do that but yeah a little bit with from right he's the one guy who is doing this for a reason that is not altruistic as far as the movie cares to tell you he's, he's doing it for this advancement in the government right whatever because he government comes from the fallout uh of hitler's death he is yeah. trying to they're offering him a position in it that is higher than his current position so he's yeah he's yeah motivated by his his own advancement his own uh ambition but honestly, like, I think it gets a pretty clean historical bill of health if the mm-hmm. only thing you can say is uh, there was a couple of, like, dramatic licenses taken at the very end of the movie. And there was, you know, maybe liberties taken with the people's motivations. Uh, everything's been kind of whitewashed and sanitized. So, like, you just feel wholly good about these uh, these German officers turning against the Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's a well-told, very engaging. I, it gets in. It's a complex, moving plot, very tense. Like, I've seen this movie, I think this is the third time, and I still got myself caught up, like, you know, whenever they're moving the briefcase or when Kenneth Branagh is having to stare down with the officer about the booze and, you know, the uh, like, they... they because this isn't just an attempt on Hitler's life. There's, like, three separate attempts yeah. Um, that go wrong or are called off. And every single time it happens, you know, it's like, I don't know. If you, I grew up playing this game. I can't remember what it's called, but it involved like a shark that had an open mouth and a balloon in it. And like every time you moved around the board, you had to you had to turn a random number of clicks on the shark head. And eventually the balloon would pop. You never knew when. You just knew that every spin around the board, the tension grew. And the same thing, mm-hmm. like the stakes keep going up. Every attempt makes security tighter, makes Hitler more insular, hard to get to, yeah. changes the venue, uh, get has people uh, that they're on your side having cold feet. Um and I also really like the framing of the human cost. You know, these men had families and mm-hmm. in Hitler's Germany, if you came at the king and missed it, uh, they even had to, I, for, I forget what the German word for it was, but it was the English translation is blood guilt that like if you defied the uh, Hitler and went against and committed treason to Nazi Germany, they might go after your wife and kids, maybe your mom and dad, maybe your colleagues at work because you know, you might be brave enough to sacrifice your life. Are you brave enough to sacrifice everyone you know and care about? Um, mm-hmm. And that that kind of paranoia um, pervades this whole movie. Yeah. Uh, which which I thought was good, too. And the other tension I think that is there, though it's not like the primary tension, because I think Hitler, you know, was Germany's army was losing this war anyway at this time. Um Oh, yeah. It was pretty clear at this point, And they were just trying to, uh, you know, hasten that, I think, um, and, and make it less costly for Germany in the long run. B- but the, the other tension that's there is like, if we fail at this, 
there might not be others out there who are going to take the shot or others who are at least as well positioned to take the shot. Um, cause these are very high ranking officers, right? Um, you have to think that there aren't a lot of those people around the edges here that could get access to him, let alone have a good chance of it succeeding. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's kind of like very high stakes for a lot of different reasons. And there was two, like, cause that, that's the thing. It's like they, they, there were, there were not an, in the illusion that they could win the war. Like if, uh, right. you know, we got, and you know, maybe we can just stop, uh, stop uh, exterminating Jews and we can be a little bit nicer to Russian prisoners. And we, it was more of like, if we stop this early, we might be able to sue for more favorable peace conditions. We might not yeah. have to have, you know, ruinous reparations. We might not, we might be able to, you know, not have our, our, our necks and nooses. Uh, if we can just take control and, and end this, because they, they, they reveal this in the title card or the in title cards, the end cards the, um, that Hitler dies commit suicide in his bunker nine months after the events of this film. So it's right. not like, yeah. and that's the tragedy, right? Um, that uh, so much blood is spent at the very end. And I, it wouldn't be surprised if uh, like Nazi, the Nazi Germany lost just like a shit ton of people in the final few months. And for what, you know, because the thing is, is that's a, uh, um, you know, Hitler wanted to take Germany with him. Like, hey, we're just going to all go in this big conflict. If we can't win, we're all going to die. And like, there's this, um, I was just listening to Dan Carlin's new Common Sense today. And he, for whatever reason, was talking about this. Hmm. And and he mentioned that like, they were like, no one like in those final days was willing to go against those. Like they were following those orders until Hitler died. And then they're like, okay, now we finally have the backbone to not plunge Germany <laughs> into the complete pit. Like we're going to not fight to every man, woman, and child. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's an, in, it's an insane state of the world that you enter in this movie. Um, totally. And it's one of the grimmest endings, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not a feel good ending. Um, it's it's only feel good in that you you are comforted by the fact that this will be over and have a satisfying revolution a resolution in another nine months. You're like, okay, these people are dead and this coup failed, but this terrible person will be dead soon and this war will be over. And it probably hastened it a little bit, you know, like this. Uh, uh, so much because like uh, the reprisals. They, I saw that they arrested some 8,000 people in conjunction of this plot and yeah. ac- executed 75% of them within mm. the next three months. And there was many high-ranking German officials. There was many, you know, people that had been linchpins and formerly. So, so like, this – and Hitler was uh, in – I don't know if he was – so he had, he had a, a ruptured uh, – I think he had, like, a minor injury on his leg and a ruptured eardrum. But this increased his personal paranoia uh, and made him even less effective. So it's like and also like, you know, it's a righteous way to die. And nice. And and, and, and when you're on the wrong side of history is to try to uh, to stop it, to try to throw yourself. uh, You know, you got a trolley problem. Right. You know, if if the Hitler track keeps on going, it's going to kill millions. But if you can just rest control and you might be able to kill a fifth of that. Yeah. so it's kind of weirdly yeah. inspirational, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, these are these are people who got caught up in, in something and eventually realized how wrong and terrible it was and tried to make amends for that, you know, at least in Stauffenberg's case. Uh, you know, we talked about all the different motivations, but Stauffenberg's yeah, yeah. the primary and, uh, protagonist here. Yeah, I thought um, and that's it's interesting to see the how the German people have felt about the resistance, because I saw um, there's a uh, is part of the Wikipedia article. I read the July 20th plot article that's like, you know, soup the nuts, how this all began and all the play. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, they talked about how they had a tracking kind of poll of, um, I don't know, like 87 percent of German citizens thought these men were traitors in 1953. Um, by 2017, it's like, you know, 94% see them as heroes. So like, I also wonder if like, is that something that the fact that you do have these high priced men and they, it's also weird that they do something like this and don't mention Rommel. They started off in North, the North African campaign because he was one of the big outspoken critics of uh, Hitler in conjunction with being suspected as being a part of this plot. Although I don't think he was, Uh, Mm -hmm. he was forced to commit suicide by uh, eating a cyanide pill. Um, but guys like that, like, uh, Rommel, their heroes, uh, this Colonel, the, uh, stop, 
uh, I can't pronounce. I'm, I'm I got a German tongue. I can't pronounce this guy's name. I wonder if having guys like that that were on the right side helps heal a nation because clearly a lot of Germany was down with the whole Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can, as generations go, like you can hang your hat on. Not all of us. Yeah. Some of us paid the ultimate price to keep this from happening. Um, I wonder if that helps uh, rehabilitate a nation to where, like, you know, now Germany is a solid citizen of the world. Uh, complete yeah. turnaround from the early 20th century. I would think so. Sure. So it's not. It's yeah. It's like you're you're fight at this point. You're you're trying to sacrifice yourself for something greater than yourself. And I, I thought, like I said, it's it's grim ending, but it's also kind of inspirational in that brave heart sort of way. Yeah, uh, I think this movie has a great score. Uh, there are a couple of scenes yeah. where it really stands out, like that first time where Stauffenberg meets Hitler um, to deliver. I, I think it's when he's delivering the changes to Operation Valkyrie um, mm-hmm. and trying to get Hitler to sign that. And there's just this low, like the lowest of piano notes and like a droning sort of sound in the back. And it feels menacing. It feels scary. Uh, and there are a lot of moments uh, that are really good with the soundtrack. Um, as far as I know, the the editor of this movie did the soundtrack as well. Wow, isn't that okay. wild? Yeah. Um, maybe that's why it's so good because you're right. Some of these scenes are so just dripping with tension. That scene you're talking about, where Tom Cruise is going to have Hitler sign orders that are part of the plot, and he's relying on Hitler being so distracted, and mm. that because if he just you know these were major changes. And if he had read like the first three paragraphs, he'd be like, what the fuck this guy? And and it's all over. Like there's so many giant brass ball scenes like that (laughs) where these guys are just bluffing and they're moving quick and there is no plan B. And if anything goes wrong, they're going to eat a bullet at best. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yeah, the music and editing, the, the editing in particular, I thought was really strong, too. Um, mm-hmm. where you got a lot of like literal ticking time bomb situations and just as all the weird stuff that can go wrong. Someone picking up just, just things that you wouldn't even think about in regular life. Like someone picking up your bag and like, Oh, you forgot this. Like that's suddenly the end of the world to you. Yep. Um, that's good. But, uh, uh, I, I also like, um, you know, the idea that you can't just kill Hitler. Right. I mean, the, the, the yeah, you would think that was the primary, uh, point of interest here is like, we got to get Hitler, but you get Hitler and, you know, his cronies step up, go, go Goebbels steps up or whatever his name is, uh, however you say that, it like, and becomes the new Hitler, like, you haven't done anything. You haven't accomplished anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, you have to solve this Rubik's Cube of of a, of the political climate in order and, and military climate to find a way out of this thing. I thought that was really fascinating. And the fact that they they weren't preparing for that until Tom Cruise comes in and says, yeah, but what about after you kill Hitler? Uh, seems kind of right. short-sighted by them, but yeah. Yeah. I, I found that interesting. But by all accounts that, that Tom Cruise character um, is, was kind of like the guy who put us, you know, the, the Von Stauffenberg, uh, yeah. Colonel Stauffenberg. He is the guy that kind of like put that steel backbone in the group that like, they were kind of like vacillating and, you know, getting cold feet and we're, fr- but he's the kind of kind, the guy that went in with, you know, had obviously sacrificed a lot of his life mm-hmm. already on the altar of Nazi Germany, uh, lost his hand, several fingers on his left hand, his eye, um, very handsome guy. If you see this picture, like uh casting, Tom sure. Cruise is kind of a pretty good casting. Um, yeah. but this guy, and he's also aristocratic. He was like from old, like, you know, uh, uh, from, from old Imperial Germany with old bloodlines. And he was like this kind of like noble poet warrior that kind of could inspire, uh, all the best of like old, uh, aristocrat. And a lot of these guys, I guess were monarchists. Like their idea was like, you know what? This democracy shit has been nothing but pain for the last 20 years. We just need we just need to put the blue bloods back in charge. And guess what? The big blue blood was leading the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like my only criticism in this film is there is a little bit something bloodless about it where it does seem like it's a little too clean and just so. And I think that's hmm. all to how they just kind of really sanded over the disparity of all these different powerful men and what they wanted and and uh, and uh made it seem like they're kind of just all like on one team pulling towards this, this common goal. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, 
I, I, this movie seemed like when I was reading about it, it seemed like to be thought of as a bit of a disappointment. Um, like it was, yeah. it had like, it was supposed to be a budget, like a $40 million budget. And then singer got Tom Cruise attached to it. Suddenly he's like, Oh, this is a big name. I can, uh, the, the budget ballooned up to 75 million. Although a lot of people quote for 90 mm. say it's like more closer to 90 million after everything was said and done. They had to do a lot of reshoots. And I guess the, the, the digital effects with Tom Cruise losing his hand and all that wasn't quite, uh, up to snuff. Um, it didn't win any major awards. No, nope. it did make like two hundred million dollars. I don't know why the whiff of like kind of dis- faint disappointment hangs over this this movie. Um, yeah, especially in that era of Tom Cruise, like it's it's a it's a block of Tom Cruise that you don't think much of. Um, like where he was kind of on on the outs a little bit still, but like Mission Impossible Three was two thousand six. I think that was pretty big. Um, yeah, but, but that's then, right where he went into Katie Holmes and jumping on Oprah's right. couch and really took the forefront and being the poster boy for Scientology, which was uh-huh. a big bone of contention with the German government and getting permission to film because uh, Scientology, I hear, is kind of like persona non grata. Like the the Germans, like nope, you guys are a fucking cult. Uh, we 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 uh, we suppress you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you know, in 2008, he does this and he does. Uh, Tropic Thunder, which is the thing that really started to put him back on the map for me. That performance is so good. Um, yes. That and even his Rock of Ages stuff. I know early I in Bald Moves in history, Ages. I think we talked about that movie. I think that was one of the yeah. first run movies we did. It's another signpost thing of him coming, uh, you know, like he's playing like this kind of like washed up dude that's lost his passion trying to refine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does Edge of Tomorrow and I think he's like kind of officially back uh at that point because everybody sure. loved edge of tomorrow so yeah I don't, I don't know man um i i guess i can see why it wasn't super popular tom cruise at that point wasn't super popular so um well i do you want to get into like a kind of a more detailed discussion i don't know because yeah. i think a lot of discussion we've had is, is going to be a lot of it but if you mm-hmm. haven't seen this movie you don't know what it's about um, it is about the uh, plot of July 20th to assassinate Hitler before uh, the fall of Nazi Germany to try, as we mentioned, to hasten it uh, and bring it in and try to get better concessions from the allies so that Germany doesn't have to suffer any more than it had to. Um, it was a collection. This plot was a collection of uh, influential businessmen. Uh, key members of the uh, German uh, various ministry departments, um, uh, high ranking uh, soldiers in the, the Navy and the Army, the Wehrmacht, um, they all got together and had a plan to kill Hitler. And not just that, but as Jim mentioned, Valkyrie was actually a hijacked internal plan to con- to ensure uh, continuance of government. Like if the Allies just bombed the shit out of Berlin and it fell to chaos, like this was a plan to reestablish military control. They essentially hijacked that um, to 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 take out the other fanatics to the Nazi regime, the SS regiments and the political apparatus and Hitler's uh, key, like very very close uh, people in the like the defense department. I don't, I'm not sure what the defense ministry, whatever propaganda ministries. Um, and the it was it's it's, it's about the assembling of the team. The plotting, planning, uh, execution, and ultimate failure. Because obviously, you probably read that Hitler was not assassinated by a bomb in 1944. No. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where when you watch the movie, you know what's going to happen. You know the good guys can't win. But I think you grade these movies on how much the movie has you believing that and wanting them to succeed. Yeah. And I think this film succeeds because I definitely is like, God damn, they're all, they're so, they're so close. They're so close. Yeah. I mean, there is no, there is no bigger villain in the real world. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty easy to make you uh, feel like you want these people to succeed when they're up against that yeah. guy. Yep. Nazis, if you really want to have a guilt-free, um, you want to kill as many of them as you want and not feel bad about it, uh, why not have Nazis as villains? Right. Uh, this movie has Nazis as villains, as heroes, as uh, protagonists, antagonists. Uh, 
patsies, scapegoats, deus ex machina. They're just, it's Nazis all the way down. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at bald move just join the club well some people aren't a joining type or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage or for podcasts that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time for these and for whatever other reason you might have our tip jar is always open head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say hey keep doing what you're doing we appreciate it Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Here's a start. Um, One of the things I like about this film is how much tension and stakes there are in just conversations. Like, there's a couple of times where the group has to interface with parts of the German apparatus that they're not sure of their loyalty. And like, how do you recruit someone to an operation that involves the death of Hitler uh, when that is a high capital crime, everything. And even, even when you're talking with your allies, you know, you've got this prisoner's dilemma that the first, like if if you're like head and and things are looking bad, the first person that defects and blows a whistle and says, Heil Hitler, these guys are part of a plot burns the whole operation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of amazing that you can put together late in the war, like as many as 30 people that are ideologically committed enough to go through with this yeah, um, and not betray each other and not fuck it up any more than, than, than they did. Um, and I think that each of those conversations, like um, the Kenneth Branagh uh, general um, who essentially out, out Nazis, the other Nazi, you know, like he's suspicious mm-hmm. about him, but the guy's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, let's like, why don't we open up this? Uh, this is a bomb. This is a bomb disguised as a, uh, I think a case of some kind of high end alcohol. Yeah. And uh, they're like, why don't we open this up and have a drink? And they're like going back and forth. And finally, Bronick is like, you know, I'm not sure uh, the Fuhrer, who is a famous teetotaler, would appreciate his his soldiers drinking on. And then that puts the guy on the back like, oh, God, maybe I'll have the note in my file. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I like that. Then it comes up so many different times. I really love the one where they approach from to try and recruit him to try and offer him a position in the new government after they assassinate Hitler. Because yeah. um, that one also displays the paranoia in a really interesting way. Because there's all this coded language you have to drop, right? You have to you have to say you you have to almost state like your intentions to defect and kill Hitler. In language that supports the regime and it's and you have to just kind of understand that like this person's going to get what I'm saying enough, but I also have plausible deniability. And when I, I don't remember his name, but when from uh, unplugs the what is clearly like a listening device from the phone or at least unplugs mm-hmm. the phone. So if the phone is listening, they won't be able to hear it. But then he still uses coded language. He is so Mm -hmm. paranoid that he, even knowing where the tap might be coming from and disconnecting it, he still uses the coded language. So it does. It's a really effective job of like showing the paranoia that comes with a conversation like that. And I even said there's So there's so there's like 15 different assassination attempts on Hitler before this one. And I was reading some of the history of it last night. And like, I guess Himmler who's pretty high up in, in the Nazi German regime single-handedly thwarted one, but never said anything about it with the implication that he was afraid that like, if he did, it would actually shine, you know, there would be a cast of suspicion on him. Yeah. 
you know like why do you know so much about this and that's the thing it's like and this um that's the thing about fascist governments is they 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 do breed that thing where it's like everyone is so paranoid and on edge and they have turned you know against so you know the whole parable of like you know when they came for the uh socialists i didn't say anything because i'm not a Mm. socialist and they came like they did like that's the what the night of long knives is about like Hitler had a whole history of turning on his own people and, you know, ever tight, tighter nooses of loyalty and ideological yeah. purity demanded. And you might have been a hardcore Nazi and then you wake up the next day. And, well, now being a hardcore Nazi is this thing and you no longer fit in and you're going into the work camps and the gallows. Seems yeah, like they tend to like eat that, themselves from the inside. That fucking from he was playing both sides and sitting on the fence the whole movie and of course you find out in the end none of that stuff none of that uh pussyfoot and saved him no he got Uh, executed along with the rest of them like a few months later or whatever right right presumably Uh, because they uncovered you know that he was because because there was a a paper trail back to him right like despite about paper trail but well they would probably know that he was he had a conversation with them during the coup right he was in the room and he never said anything about it to anyone yeah so yeah he's complicit for sure i I also they do this thing where it's like you know it's like only certain people can sign the orders and some people get cold feet and they don't want to sign the orders so Mm -hmm. people sign orders on their behalf to kind of force their hand there's like that happens like three different times and one time it's hilarious is one of them does it to somebody else and then they're outraged when their chief of staff does it to them Mm -hmm. uh i I love when the the messages come through and they're supposed to be relayed by the whatever central communications is going on there and they get the two arrest orders one for stauffenberg (laughs) and one for uh, whoever Goebbels, which I don't think is historical. I think it was a oh, different high ranking right. Nazi official, but like they, they, they changed the timing and, and the, uh, the, 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 the arrest, but it, but it was just, I, I think it's just to make it more recognizable. Gotcha. Um, but they, they have to like decide which order they're going to put through and they decide not to take a side. They just put them both through and let it play out how it's going to play out. Yeah, and like their rationale, because you can tell, like the because he's the guy's thinking, and he's like, well, you know, it's not our place to question the orders. We're just here to transmit them, right? Uh, he's probably and he's right thinking, about that, like, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I didn't know if he got killed or not, but like, yeah, and then when his you know his chief of staff is like uh, his, his chief, his second or his whatever is like pushing him, like you got to make a decision, like you can no longer yeah. you know dance around on these different points and and how they like uh, they used a, a hardcore committed Nazi that major um, I think Ober is the guy who was in the command of the reserve army that was the linchpin of the Valkyrie uh, you know decapitating the SS component of Germany and taking it over. He's a committed Nazi and thought that their the SS had turned against Hitler because that's what Nazis do and was like ready to righteously crusade to save Germany yeah. while he was actually. And, and I liked the way that they played that guy that like, mm. you know, he felt like the biggest fool when he went to go arrest Goebbels and up talking to Hitler. Um, and that guy lived until 1997 was a super far right neo Nazi thorn in Germany's side. Did like ended up doing prison in the eighties for like denying the Holocaust publicly. It was in the far right German politics. That guy who was a linchpin in the Valkyrie project and ended up uh, doing a I don't know. He was never a face. He just does a heel unwitting yeah. face heel turn. Uh, he he survives this whole mess and is ends up being a a, a fascist shitbag his whole life. Great, so, great. Yeah. yeah. Glad he Rest lived another peace. 50 years. <laughs> um, it's hilarious that, to me, too, because when he does realize he's been duped here, he walks outside and and one of his underlings is like, Are we, we, we got to arrest Goebbels. And he's like, it's it's a plot, you idiot. Like, we, we've been duped, right. you dumbass. He's like yeah, yeah, yeah. rolling that ball of shit downhill. <laughs> sure. I'm like, well, you just got duped, you dumbass. But I, I love that scene because Goebbels, like they set it up with like, you really don't know how it's going to go. Like this is this is kind yeah. of like where the momentum, where the tide of the uh, of the uh, coup breaks and recedes because like they, this scene ends up like the guy shows up to arrest him. 
Goebbels takes a cyanide pill, puts it in between the cheek and, and gum, ready to crush that thing and die because he doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. Like if Hitler doesn't call, if he's not right. on the horn right now, I think this guy thinks he might be drug outside and shot today. Sure. Uh, or tortured or whatever. Um, but it just got to show that like none of these people were a hundred percent secure in their position. Mm-hmm. And also like, it is amazing to me, like some of the, the way they played the SS, uh, high ranking SS officials when they went to arrest them from the government square. Uh, a lot of those guys came out and they're like, you're wanted for arrest. And their, their face is kind of like, yeah, that's about right. Like, <laughs> They had all of these guys had done so much shit and looked so many different ways and had done so many beyond the pale things that like I I, that's the other thing is like I don't think any of them had a lot of outrage about I mean, there's a few towards the end, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of them were just kind of like, well, I guess it's my turn. The wheel is turned and it's it's my turn to be ground underneath it. Yeah, the thing that I guess surprised me is how sort of hands off. Um, the movie portrays Hitler as being in this moment because he makes the call to Goebbels and he changes, you know, that one commander's mind. Um, but then he sort of lets that news trickle out naturally through him and through some other channels. But like, there's a radio broadcast later telling everyone like Hitler is alive, all this stuff. Why doesn't Hitler just get on the radio and say, I'm alive. That'd be far more effective, right? Why doesn't he get out into the official communication well, I mean, does channels that and evening. let everybody know he does so it's, it's like it's not like there's a hole but like right, I but think why is it this idea, one phone call that turns the tide of this coup you know that's because it's like because i think the real answer is like at this point in the war hitler did not hang out in germany like in the center of germany he was out in like this uh-huh. wolf's den like this mountain retreat on the edge of uh austria or no not even that it's uh a little bit in more into hinterlands but um, the, the idea, like, I don't know that you can just get Hitler who just got exploded and his eardrums are ruptured. If you can get like, it's not like today where you just whip out a cell phone and he can go on TikTok and be like, yo, it's Adolf. I'm here, <laughs> well, still here. Obviously. Peace and glory to but the they, Third Reich. They have I, official like, communication like, channels that are still available to them, right? But can he can he do a radio show that blankets all of Europe from there? Like, did they have to get him to a, like a transmitter with a mic? Like, did uh, they have put a phone receiver up to a microphone? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I'm trying it could to happen, man. <laughs> but um, but I, I take your meaning. It's like yeah, and for dramatic effect, also this works. I don't know how accurate the communication because uh, that's in, in late is. stage Germany. You got to say that like Hitler is deeply unwell. Yeah. He has been on methamphetamines for years. Mm-hmm. He is de- deteriorating mentally and physically yet. Every decision has to go through his desk. It could just be this guy is like in super paranoid. I just got someone just tried to blow me up. Fuck, fuck, fuck everything mode. And maybe is like trying to try you know, do you want to do, do you want to see how the coup plays out so that you can get a few? I, I don't know, because like I said, it's like understanding decisions that Hitler made in this era of right. the is like it's 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 tough. He's like a drug addicted. It's psych- a fool's errand. Yeah, it's yeah, for sure. It, it, but there was still like a ticking. I, I did feel like there was a ticking clock on this still after you got mm-hmm. the, the phone call from Hitler to this commander. I didn't feel like the coup was over yet. I felt like they still had a chance, no. but then oh, yeah. every progressive thing that happens, you know, you start seeing the more desperate phone calls, the people hanging up on them, the, what was so easy before where you had a lot of people, uh, yes, anding them. Now they're no budding them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what did you think of? Cause I, I saw there's the other complaint about the movie is the way Bill Nye, uh, or maybe the way the movie wrote, uh, general Albrecht, who was the director of that Seems communications office. He seemed like timid. the weak. Yeah. Like yeah. they gave, instead of having everyone having competing loyalties and conflicted feelings about the thing, it's like uh, a couple of the conspiracy had to be the people who are bedwetters and pants yeah. shitters. And this guy was that. And I guess some of his family was pretty outraged. That's like, he seems like he was set up to be the weak link and there's nothing historically that points out that huh. he did anything wrong that he was like uh you know like whistling dixie for three hours all that stuff happened but it's more of like the confused fog of war like yeah you really don't want to you know they they'd already uh, almost botched this up by activating these guys in the previous attempt mm-hmm. you like until you know hitler's dead 
you don't want to ring this bell because once you do the whole this this was the like I think last major assassination attempt by Hitler because like everybody just got got rolled up right that's and probably thing. twice yeah. as many people that were involved got shot just because of how what what a fucking empire paranoia that they had built but right. um and that's I do feel a lot of sympathy because that's someone's granddad mm-hmm. you sure. know that was yeah. a part of the German resistance died fighting this horrible thing and he's not this, a coward right I mean, this Tom Cruise movie's having you know Bill Nye just like oh my god oh it's just so uh, and just yeah. like his whole thing is just this cringing kind of nebbish guy and I get the feeling that the entire plot might have worked had he you know not spent those few hours uh just kind of worrying and fretting and not acting. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Did you get that impression? Did you get the impression that if they had gotten two Goebbels before (laughs) Hitler had made that phone call, that this thing actually would have happened in the movie? Yes. But, and that's the things like, God, I wish I had more time to, the, the, to read more about the incident. But um, I always heard that, I heard people saying that like they really overplayed they they overplayed how close they got to a, a, a true coup like taking over the whole country. Gotcha. Um, and that they in reality there was a lot more problems. There was a lot more miscommunications. It was also it's just a lot harder to take over something as decentralized as Germany spread across all of Europe. Like because it wasn't just Germany. Like they mm-hmm. were talking about they had the the the, the, the uh, the the puppet government in France and Poland yep. and because like you know uh, if 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 you, all you did is decapitate Hitler and like arrested all the not the SS guards in Berlin, well you have brigades of those guys out in the field. They'll just come back and kick your ass in. Um, yeah, totally. And like it's also you have to have sufficient control of Germany that you can stop all of its army forces or what. So like, and that was kind of the genius it, of it too, right? And I love that yeah. using it his own sort of contingency plan against him um in order to get these two factions of the same side to fight each other i thought that was pretty brilliant it was super smart but it also seems like the other big problem is the everyone involved in this like to a man had completely unrealistic ideas of what they could accomplish like i i was looking at some of the demands that they had sketched up and it's like they essentially wanted Germany to keep all of the stuff that they had con- conquered. <laughs> oh, like it's France? like it's like okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. We'll uh-huh. stop the camps. We'll give you back parts of France, uh, and we're we're gonna stop fighting. But we're just gonna kind of keep everything we've got so far. We're gonna keep and no reparation. Like they, these were just like in insanely delusional. Yeah. Uh, so like would Probably and also you the had fact- those those factions within the the coup attempt that were still like committed wanting, nazis and yeah, wanted yeah they their, wanted the, the ultimate mission to succeed they just didn't want hitler to be the guy right yeah like they're they were uncomfortable brutalizing some of the other like german you know like like white european people uh and, and right. staining the, but like they're kind of cool with germans controlling all of europe like they wanted yeah all of germany to control europe and they were deeply kind of like conservative and like i said aristocratic some of them wanted to abolish the democratically uh, uh, formed government and, and bring back the the uh, uh, aristocracy. But it seems so, so delusional like, given the state of the war at that point. Right. Like it's just, you're already on the way out. You think just by cutting the head off the beast here and asking asking to stop the war, that's going to do right. it? I, hmm. Yeah. But to what to what but but to whatever extent they were you know opposed to Hitler for personal reasons or ideological reasons and how pure those ideological reasons are it would have been an unambiguous good thing for Hitler to have been killed 9 months before he did because that totally. would have like I don't I don't know when Germany falls but like it had that had to accelerate things yeah. by a few months because the like the Goebbels and the Himmlers and all those people like those those pack of ghouls would have fallen upon themselves and tried to divide up the empire and tried it, it would have been like uh, a succession fight like you've never seen. Uh, and as, so, as and you, that, you got closer to Hitler's death, I think he sort of escalated some of the atrocities that were going on. Right. I think is for sure. It, is, is it true? Maybe I've I've read things and mixed this up, but I thought that there was a lot of the concentration camp extermination stuff happened kind of on the back end there as he realized it's not going my way and they were trying to exterminate everyone before they could be liberated you know yeah Um, so so taking him out and stopping that nine months ahead of time would have saved sure many many lives uh there's one other thing that i definitely want to mention here which i i just gotta know i didn't have time to look this up but i i want to know like 
So Stauffenberg, they, they make, you know, a big deal about the cost of this personally to him because he loses his family. So, so he's got two kids and a wife. Why do they make her pregnant? There, there's one scene where she like touches her belly like she's pregnant. And to me, that is simply a way to heighten the drama even further. But he's already got two young kids. Why does that do anything? It could be true. Could be true. That's what I was wondering. Is this... So like if he has here. if he has uh um oh look at that he has got three had three children I looked up on Wikipedia okay. so it could just be true and also like I was gonna bring this up as my next point but like Miss Van Houten has uh-huh. kind of a thankless role and that she is just a living embodiment of what Tom Cruise is sacrificing what Colonel Stoff uh mm-hmm. Stauffenberg is sacrificing other than his body and all. You, she can do is be sympathetic and and brave and not be like you know uh, the sissy space character from JFK like sure. oh my god why why can't you just be a Nazi can't you you know she's supporting of what he's trying to do and for fighting for the version of future that he's trying to fight for and she loves him desperately and like she's a tragic figure but I, and I think like man the only way you can make a woman even more sympathetic right. The only way you can make her even more of a of a of a emotional touch point for the audience is to have her carrying the the ultimate and innocent and unborn life inside her. Right. You know. Yeah, like, I see that and I just roll my eyes like, oh, come on. But <laughs> it's it really happened, Jim. Turns but, out. But yeah, I don't know if she's pregnant while they fled, but but also and and who cares to point that out, but sure, for the sake of historical accuracy, I guess so. The other, so the other thing that's ahistoric, as far as I can tell, is uh, Stauffenberg's assist his his valet, his Batman. Okay. Steps in front of him to take the bullet. His Robin. Uh, his Robin. Yeah. His, his Robin like like takes the first round of uh, executioner's bullets for him. <laughs> so why did they do that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, because like the whole fucking movie, they're selling these guys relationship and how much he loves Stoff Stoffenberg and like, you know, he's just like fully committed to him. Uh, I have no idea. I, I, I honestly don't know. I thought it was bizarre when I watched it because like, what is this? Is this you just wanting to tell this guy how much you love him? By taking the first round of bullets for him, I suppose uh, so. But there's another round right after it. It's not like you. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing anything. stopping this. That's going to happen. So no. like, it's it's like a symbolic. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but 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 I I I didn't know. And that's there's a couple things that are not super clean because I think uh, there's a couple of relationships of the aide de camps to their commanders that clearly were important, but I didn't quite understand. And this was kind of the culmination of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it seems futile, but it was clearly just an emotional gesture. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but there is like this movie is like a real um, roller coaster because there's a point in the movie where it looks like they've done it. Like General Box on the phone. He's getting all mm-hmm. the districts under command. The chief of Berlin police is on their side. Uh, the SS is arrested and it's all up to that fateful call to Hitler. The Goebbels makes. Um which I th- I think was a di- I'm pretty sure it was a different Nazi official um, in in the historical thing and that's that's what turns the tide um, and this all the different like I and apparently this is all historic too like the 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 fact that it's super hot and instead of having this thing in the concrete bunker that everyone thinks would have like that would have just compressed the blast and Hitler would just been yeah. turned into mincemeat even if it was the one uh, like all these little butterfly flaps that happen. Um, lead uh, because no plan ever goes correctly and and, and uh, ends up sparing uh, Hitler because they move it into an airy location. It's got open windows, so the blast will be contained. Um, but even then, it's like I said, they they came. The, the movie makes it seem like they came so fucking close, mm-hmm. and they were like starting to congratulate each other and like this. My God, we're going to pull it off until, uh, and then the goons yeah. come for them. And there's yeah, and it shows the power too that was consolidated in that one guy, right? Like the single phone call turns the entire tide of this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cer- certainly awe inspiring. I don't respect any of the goals, but uh, that consolidation of power is impressive. what do you think about the filmmaking? Cause that's the thing. It's like the, the 
hat that Brian Singer hangs his, his or the peg that 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 uh, Brian Singer hangs his hat on is Usual Suspects, a movie mm-hmm. which I do not get the charms of. Uh, I, I would do it as a bald move podcast, except for like I just think it'd piss people off because I just like I just think it's I just think it's dumb and cheap. <laughs> um, and X Men, which is a very good proto superhero movie, yeah. But if you have ever bought gone and watched, especially the first X Men. It's pretty rough by modern superhero standards in terms of special effects, in terms of costuming, in terms of just like kind of everything, like mm-hmm. not not really figuring out like the X that X Men's whole thing is they fight together. Um, they didn't really kind of like do. Of course, I, I guess it's an origin story. Um, I think uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is okay. Yeah, I like it. The, what did you because like the, that's what the thing is like this film looked good and well made but i dare i i it it what am i trying to say here i don't know what the style i don't know what brian singer's style is yeah um in the same way like, i could talk about clint east eastwood being very workmanlike it's not that much there's a little there's a lot more flourish in this movie than than anything that but it's kind of that same kind of very meat and potatoes standard uh, language of cinema done very well. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the filmmaking? Yeah, totally. It didn't, nothing stuck out to me from a filmmaking uh, angle that really impressed me much. I was just like, okay, well this tells the story effectively and that's about all I needed it to do. Um, it was more the writing that I was impressed with. Yeah. Which is <laughs> the way history writes sometime. Sure. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I think that's all I got. Same here. It's a good movie. Uh, it's it's in, like I I think it is inspirational in that uh, no matter how bad things get and how shitty things are, you can still fight. You can still make moral choices within you know completely inhuman. Like this is the most inhuman, immoral like uh, political framework you can imagine in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And are still people trying to do right. Uh, people that were reviled in their time died uh, terrible, terrible, ignominious deaths. And yet uh, they have uh, sculptures and statues and songs sung to their glory now because they were on the right side of history. Um, and they died with their, he- their, their heads held high uh, rather than in, in shame and dishonor. And that ain't nothing. All right. Well, that's our thoughts on the Tom Cruise movie valkyrie uh we'll be back next week with another prestige film and we're getting real close to prestige television better call Mm -hmm. saul coming back next month right or the end of this month uh next month uh we got uh, david simon and george pelicanus uh we own this city more baltimore cops and and uh criminal uh uh, decay in america gritty storytelling there's going to be an embarrassment of prestige coming out in just a little bit but we got some great movies in the meantime hope to see you back next week until then i'm aaron and i'm jim later